0: There's no upsell, no guru
1: pitch, and no fluff. It's time to unshackle yourself from captivity and make your freedom jump with the Agency Freedom Podcast. Let's go. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of the Agency Freedom Podcast. We hope insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom. And I am joined in this episode by the incomparable Mike Strom Show. Uh, Mike is the founder uh, and and lead coach of the Unstoppable Profit Producers coaching program. He has been in the industry for 35 plus years. He's been a very high performance agency principal, led teams for more than three decades and has an absolute wealth of information. Uh, He's also on the show because he has some things that he wants to share of what he's experienced in the last year or so in lots of conversations with agents just like you and me so please help me welcome mike stromso to afp how's it going mike
2: great james how are you
1: very well i have been looking forward to this uh for i I think probably every day since we first put this on the calendar i look at my calendar a few times a day and You know, this has definitely been something that that I've been looking forward to, and you were kind enough to have me on uh, your podcast. And we'll put that link in the show notes for anybody that wants to check it out. Sure, Uh, that was an insightful conversation. You got some really personal stuff out of me on that one, Uh, so that was uh, that was a lot of fun for sure. So, man, I I am honored to have you here. Uh, You are a titan in our industry. Everybody knows Mike Strom, so uh, your legacy really speaks for itself. Uh, So why don't you just give us uh, your intro, tell us who you are, what you're up to, and we'll just jump right in, man.
2: Uh, Let me drop one other thing real quick before I, so I don't forget it, uh, based on what you just said about getting you to spill the beans on some personal stuff. And, And my great encouragement for anybody who's either watching or listening, if you're not driving, is don't think it, ink it. Because if you don't ink it, you won't sink it. And you won't sink it up your arm into your brain. Now I know people take notes electronically as well. I get that. So make sure you write it down. And the, the first writer down for you I've got today is the better the question, the better the result. Because good leaders ask great questions and they shut up. The better the question, the better result. And I, I spend deep time thinking about a question to make sure that it's the best question that it could be. Super, super important. So anyway, with that being said, my name is Mike Stromso. I am a proud, 100% of my career, independent insurance agency. Uh, Worked in the trenches, uh, the frontline trenches for, I don't know, 15, 20 years. Uh, Grew grew up an agency from scratch to a million in revenue in less than nine years. Uh, Have done all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, Fortunately, I agree with the side of the insurance industry. I'm pretty comfortable with risk and taking risks and, and leaning into danger, I guess, if you little, will, uh, a little bit. And uh, that's what we're heading into now. Uh, we're heading into a time people are going to step back and be afraid, or they're going to le- lean into the danger a little bit and have even more achievement and success. So, um, yep. again, 35 years as a proud, 100% of the time, independent insurance agent. Had the opportunity, uh, somebody came into my office in 2009, that I had known a long time, an industry guy from the Midwest said, Hey Mike, how's it going in the agency? I said, he goes, what's your revenue? What was your revenue last year? I said, we hit a million. He goes, that's awesome. I said, he goes, how'd you do it? I said, well, it's easy. You just do this, this, and this. And he goes, well, whatever it is you did, you got to share that with others. And that conversation was the conversation that was the beginning of my desire to help other agents. And so 2013, formally, uh UPP was born. Uh been doing it since. Ran it side by side with the agency for a period of about eight years. And here we are today. So love, love, love what I do. Love, love, love helping agents grow their business, create wealth, and you know, have the freedom that we all are seeking so much, right?
1: No, that is about as compelling a, a a synopsis of a very long and distinguished career, as really anybody could tell, and you know, with with what you and I have already spoken about, and what I'm just aware of as one of your peers in the industry, it's really hard for me to pick a direction for this conversation. So I'm just going to indulge myself, and the listeners can be right along. You know, I I think one of the absolutely essential ingredients for a podcast host, if you want to be you know interesting and useful for the audience is simple curiosity. Yep. And when I have the privilege of spending time with you, I'm just going to indulge my curiosity and ask you some questions about your journey and your experiences and some you know ideas and best practices and maybe warning signs along the way as well. So before we jump into any of my questions, you shared right before we started recording that you had some stuff on your heart, on your mind uh, that is a product of conversations that you've had with other peers and friends in the industry. I'm just going to hand you the mic and and let you riff on that. What's on your mind? What do you you want to share with us, Mike?
2: You know, two things primarily that I've observed that are absolute uh, items in need of attention in our industry. And it's probably many other business industries as well, but my love and my passion is the independent insurance agency industry. Two things, and and I say this with all love and respect for every agency entrepreneur out there and person in the industry, but we are in need of leadership and leadership training and training itself, okay? And so what I'm talking about is leaders in the industry. I mean, the day we stop learning is the day we stop growing, okay? Okay. So we've yep. got to invest in ourselves and we've got to invest in ourselves to get better every single day. And so to be a, a substantial, impactful, influential leader in today's world, you've got to get better at leadership. And you got to find something that works for you to become a better leader. And I have observed that people need that. They need to get better as leaders. Their leadership skills uh, are, frankly, in need of improvement. So my encouragement, if you're a leader in today's business world, insurance agency, industry, or otherwise, become a better leader and find a way to get into a program, invest in yourself to become a better leader. Uh, and if anybody wants to contact me offline, uh, I will give you a couple of ideas that I've used myself to become a better leader. And and I know uh, we were talking right before we went on and and you said... I just better start the recording because this is the kind of stuff that we want to get on the podcast. Oh,
1: yeah. For sure. I should have known better with Mike (laughs) Strom so on. You just hit record and see what happens, you know? Yeah. And I'm grateful that you were aware enough to stop yourself because I was already enraptured. I was just listening to what you were saying. I wasn't even thinking, hey, wait a second. We're not recording right now. We probably should be. So. You know, along those lines, Mike, you say, you know, equip yourself and work on becoming a better leader. You know, when I think of the general ways that people do that, it starts with audiobooks or actually reading a physical book, maybe listening to a podcast like this one, and there are many other great podcasts in the industry. Uh, you have one and, you know, David uh, Cruthers and, you know, Bradley Flowers and and, and Scott and on their show and there's so many others. I mean, I could list off a dozen insurance industry podcasts, and there's a lot of really good stuff that you can learn there. Not all of it is leadership focused, but beyond that, you know, there's all the, the mastermind groups and the, the, the organic things that form here and there. What other suggestions would you have for somebody who says, hey, Mike, you know what? I get it. I agree with you. I'm not the best uh, version of myself. I want to invest in my leadership skills and get better at this. Uh, what do you suggest they do?
2: Well, it depends on what your comfort level is. And and one of the other things I was going to drop after I got back to training, but I'll just go there now. And, and let me add this on what I learned in a full year leadership training program that I invested in last year. One full year, 21 modules. Uh, frankly, the investment is thousands of dollars, but... If I want to have more, I've got to become more. Yeah. Because I attract exactly what I I am and who I become. And it's what I learned in the pursuit of becoming more that, you know, makes us who we are, right? So one of the things that I was going to drop when you said we need to start recording this is the law of familiarity, okay? Because we were talking about our live event that we have. And I say, if you've got key team members that you want to bring to the event, bring them. They're going to hear a lot of stuff. But, you know, if you're collaborating with them consistently, they're hearing you again and again and again, just like your kids. I know you have kids, right, James?
1: Yep, five and three. So, so do I. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and they're all adults, you know, 34 to 46 now, and 13 grandkids, yep. right? So with that being said, I've observed this over many years. The law of familiarity is always in effect. So in other words, you'll learn if five and three – and two or three years from now, your five-year-old will like, yeah, Dad, that's awesome. But I hate to drop the truth on your brother, but it's the truth. They're gonna they're gonna start tuning you out a little bit because they're yeah, very absolutely. familiar with you, right? And that's the power. Of, right. That's the power of learning at some at a, an event one of your key team members being at an event learning from somebody else because they're like, James, that was awesome. Did you just hear that? And you're thinking to yourself, I've been telling you that for the last two years. Yep. But the law of familiarity is there. So that's the power of having them in that environment. Okay. So this leadership program, uh it's it's called Hero's Journey and it's available out there. I have insider tracks to that, um, you know, discounted rates and that kind of stuff. So if anybody's ever interested, just reach out to me. I'm happy to introduce that. Uh, it, absolute game changer. So uh, just invest in leadership. And there's yeah, there's yep. lots of audiobooks. There's lots of other, uh, you know, YouTube videos. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Simon Sinek. I'm a huge fan oh, yeah. of John Maxwell. I'm a huge fan of Jim Collins, and, and others that I'm probably not thinking of right at this moment. But you know, just invest, and you know, that's one of the things that I do every single morning before dawn. I'm still investing in what goes into my mind. Yep. And I don't know if we talked about this uh, on the podcast, but we'll say it again since we all need to hear things seven times, right? Or
0: more. Or more.
2: So I, I invested my, – my teammate, Andrew, Wyatt and myself, we invested in an event that we go to in our local market. Uh, we've invested in it for eight or nine years. We go live and we learn so much. It's outside of our industry, which I've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars outside of our industry to become more. Yeah. Okay. Uh, You know, Jim Rohn, the late Jim Rohn said, uh, a formal education will get you a job, okay? A education in business will make you wealthy. I didn't say that right, but the thought process is, it's what you learn through the school of hard knocks that, you know, makes you who you become. So in investing outside of our industry, huge stuff. So this year, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, I saw a guy speak, his name's Charlie Plum, Mm-hmm. Charlie Plum is one of our heroes, our veteran heroes. He was in the Vietnam War, and he was speaking at this event. Phenomenal story, phenomenal speaker. And he was a POW in Vietnam, six years. Thank you to all of our veterans out there, by the way. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for our freedom that we're so privileged to have. So
0: Charlie Absolutely. Plum was
2: talking about uh, you know, being a POW in Vietnam, and he was in solitary in a box. That box was eight feet by eight feet. And he was stuck in that box. And he was thinking, how am I going to survive this? I mean, what am I going to do? And it came to him after a period of time, the key to his survival in that box, it wasn't the eight feet around him. It was the eight inches between his ears. And what goes on is, is in his mind was going to be the key to him surviving, not only surviving, but you know figuring a way out and all that kind of stuff. And it's the same thing for us today in today's world. It's what we choose, and it's all about a choice. It's what we choose to put into our mind or the eight inches between our ears that will, to an extent, make us or break us. And so we've got to feed our mind with the right stuff. So critically important.
1: I could not... Agree more and you know as i 'm in seven chapters in uh, to writing my book, and one of the things that I confess in uh, chapter six that I, I wrote a couple of weeks ago, at least the first draft of the manuscript is that up until two thousand and eighteen i wasn 't a reader, uh, I was not intentionally investing in myself and I'd been in the industry for almost eight years at that, sorry, I can't do math, almost six years at that point. And my performance reflected my lack of intentional growth. And yes, there's definitely something to be said from switching from the exclusive side of the industry to the independent side. Absolutely. There's a very big difference there, but I don't think it's a coincidence that my growth as a leader and our business performance went parabolic I mean it went hockey stick right around you know the 6 to 12 months mark after I became very very intentional about one becoming a reader developing a library and you know w- my little strategy for that is I'll listen to an audiobook first and if I decide wow that's really good I, I really liked that one I'll buy a hard copy and stick it on my shelf I'm not going to buy a book unless I know it's good. So the, the audio book is like the screening process for whether a book deserves to be on my shelf or not. So that, it's I don't know if that helps anybody out there, but if you use the audiobook and you don't like something, you know what Audible lets you do? There's a little button that says, return this title. It doesn't matter if you've listened to the entire book, Audible will let you return the title. Easy peasy. And you can just send it back and get yourself another one with that same credit. Uh, I am not an affiliate of Audible or get any money from that, but I think that's really cool. If you get halfway through a book or an hour or two late listening to an audiobook and it's like, I mean, this is all right. It's, it's not very good. It doesn't really hit home. I'm not really gaining what I hope to gain from this. Stop listening to that thing and send it back and get you another one. And then save your bookshelf like the one over my shoulder right here for the good stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think... It's a coincidence that I didn't really take off as a leader and as a business executive, as an agent, as a sales professional, until I started intentionally putting in the hours to make myself better. So I'm living proof of what you just said, Mike. And I want to make sure I give you ample opportunity uh, to tell everybody about your boot camp event coming up at the end of October. Do you mind filling us in?
2: Uh, I'd be happy to, but I also have to support what you just said. Uh, I couldn't agree more um, that audio is where I start to. I didn't know that about Audible. Thank you, James. It was worth getting up today and showing up.
1: Yeah, the little three button, the little three dots on the right side, yeah. if you tap that and the little menu pops out and near the bottom of that menu is return this title. It's the coolest yeah. thing ever.
2: I have 117 titles in my Audible account. Uh, I was looking at it just yesterday because somebody asked me for a recommendation, so I happen to know that, but... I will suggest there's probably maybe five that I would return. The rest of them I got something out of, so I'll keep them. But uh, Mm. my strategy is a little bit different. I buy the book no matter what, but that's just me. So, and what I do is if, if the audio catches me, then I will start going into the book and highlighting and dog earing and everything else. And that's where Mm. the real cool stuff happens. But speaking of audible, uh bezos i just got done with the bezos letters by steve anderson Mm. i don't know if you've had a chance to check into that i
1: haven't listened to him yet but steve has gotten absolutely great legs out of that thing man he he has he has put it to work for him
2: well let me think about this bezos has done okay
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's you could say that
2: Uh, obsession with the client experience or the customer experience is one of the chapters in the book I just happen to remember.
0: Obsessed. Mm -hmm.
2: And they make it easy, just like you just said. There's proof of it right there. So anyway, Uh, The Florence Prescription has been huge for me uh, recently uh, by Joe Ty T-Y-E. Bill Walsh, The Score Takes Care of Itself. Talk about leadership. That is an incredible leadership book. So I could go on and on. So thank you for the opportunity. BeUnstoppableBootCamp.com. BeUnstoppableBootCamp.com is our uh, event portal. Uh, it's always up uh, around the calendar. Uh, this year's event starts on the 27th of October. It's two and a half days. We have incredible people coming in uh, speaking, including Chuck Blondino from the industry, Bob Berg, who wrote Endless Referrals in the Go-Giver series, James Malachek, Hmm. Sayla Hirsch on branding. Uh, We have a number of speakers from our own UPP circles, real agents who've had real high achievement. They share live with everybody there. It's at Paradise Point in beautiful San Diego, California. Beunstoppablebootcamp.com. I'll leave it at that. It's just, it's a choice. But uh, we personally guarantee you have our 100% complete satisfaction guarantee. If you come and after the first day, you don't... um, think that you are going to get 10 times your investment to be there. Uh, we'll refund the investment, uh, in your ticket, give you $500 in travel money and we'll part friends. That's how much mm. we believe in what we're doing. So
1: what's that website once again,
2: be unstoppable bootcamp.com.
1: Awesome. And I'm going to put that in the show notes for everybody. Uh, and for those of you watching on YouTube, uh, just downloaded Bill Walsh's book. The score takes care of itself. And, uh, You should definitely check that out. I love a good book recommendation. I'm always looking for the next one to put on my list, for sure.
2: That one's still sitting downstairs on the table right by some of my stuff because I keep going back to it.
1: Mm. I love that. Mm. Mike, what else? You said there was a few things that you wanted to drop. So invest in your leadership. You have to just continue putting effort into becoming the best version of yourself. What else is on your mind, man?
2: Well, you know, you've got two options, right? You can either do that or you can stay where you are, stay in your comfort zone. But here's the yeah. thing. In the comfort zone nothing grows because everything's comfortable. You got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Critically, critically important and I was sharing with a group of very high achieving agents recently about that exact subject and you've got to you've got to be comfortable doing Everything that's needed to become uncomfortable, you know you know you know why people are sometimes afraid of becoming uncomfortable, James? I thought about this for a number of years, and I think I finally figured out why, but do you know why
1: i I know you're going to give me something better than what my current definition is
2: well look, i I'm just always curious what people think and feel, so
1: no the the i can't think of a good reason why I, I think i'm a little bit. Outside of the norm of the people you might ask the question to, because in the last three years I have become so perfectly comfortable with the next thing. And don't you know, as we talked about you know on our last conversation, don't hold anything too tightly. Hold it with an open hand because you never know when you might need to update your approach.
2: Exactly. But
1: what's your it, what's your answer?
2: The eighty twenty rule is always in effect. The Pareto principle, right? Eighty mm-hmm. percent of uh, business people and people out there in general are just fine inside their comfort zone. They're not really willing to get outside their comfort zone. There's a top 20% like you who are comfortable with that and comfortable with change. I just had one of our very high performing agents uh, on our podcast uh, this week. And she goes, I love learning and I love change. I'm thinking you're in the right industry. And no wonder she's been killing it for 38 years Hmm. because she loves change. What I've identified is, What's going on inside of people when they're uncomfortable is growth. And a lot of people are not comfortable with that feeling inside of them, which is growth. They're good with their comfort zone. And that's okay. If that's where you want to be, so be it. But, you know, don't be the norm. So you've got to get outside your comfort zone and get comfortable being uncomfortable to really get up to the next level, which is where you're heading. I know. So congratulations to you. So with that being said, the other thing that I really wanted to talk about was training. I said leadership and training are two things that I've identified that in today's world, uh, our industry and many other business industries need more of. Now, yep. I'm 100% keenly aware that finding excellent people is a challenge in today's world. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay. That's why we've developed systems, you know, around people, processes, and promotion uh, and what we do to help people find those excellent people. And it's harder than ever, okay? But once you find them and interview them, by the way, the war for marketplace talent is won at the interviewing table. That's why we've designed an interviewing system to weed them out, if you will, okay? So then you make them an offer. They accept it. They get onboarded into your uh, agency business or any business, right? You love bomb them. Just reaffirming the fact that they've just made the best business decision they could ever make to become part of your team, okay? Once they get to that point, then the training starts to happen, okay? You've got to have a documented training Plan. Any business should have a documented training plan. And when does that training plan end? Let me ask you another question.
1: On the day they stop working at your office.
2: (laughs) Agree with that, right? World champion athletes, as an example. Mm -hmm. Olympic athletes, world champions, right? How often do they train?
1: Every single day. Usually multiple times a day. They're just training different things so you don't end up having like injuries and fatigue because you're overtraining.
2: And, and they probably have a coach.
1: Yes, they absolutely do.
2: Yeah, so uh, having a coach and, and training, and you're absolutely right, spot on. Every single day we've got to be training. So what that looks like in our industry, one of my huge encouragements for people... In our industry, in any industry, if it's the right fit, and you know as well as I do, our people are on the telephone, I hope, a lot every single day. Not just sending out an email or a text and expecting somebody to return that, oh, I sent them an email and they never got back to me. Well, that's on you because you didn't follow up hard enough or you didn't follow up in the right way. Pick up the darn phone. So underused in our industry. But when you, when you have the telephone in your business, you should be recording calls. And you should be recording calls for training purposes. You should have leadership people that are getting better at leadership, right? Sitting down and listening to the calls with people. Not with the intent of criticizing how they're doing something, but to help them get better. Yep. To help them get better every day. Because back to the law of familiarity, when you're listening to both sides of the conversation, you might be able to hear things. Hey, you know, Susie, did you ever think about maybe saying this at that point or, you know, asking that question? The better the question, the better the results, right?
1: Yep.
3: Are you looking for an insurance community to join? Have you heard of the L-A-A-I-A? The Latin American Association for Insurance Agents is just not for Latins. Their focus on diversity and inclusion over the last few years has made this 54-year-old association one of the fastest-growing and the most dynamic associations in the industry. With established chapters in Florida, Houston, Dallas, Atlanta, and Denver, it's no surprise this association has the attention of everyone in this industry. Their upcoming national convention on beautiful Marco Island includes keynote speaker Trisha Griffith, the CEO of Progressive. National leaders from around the country like Marshberry, Vertifor, Lula, and more will be here on center stage as well. And whether you're an independent agent, a captive agent, life or health agency, or even a financial services professional, this association offers you everything you need to network and grow your business. Make sure you check them out and consider joining me, Jason Cass, at the next upcoming convention. It's going to be August 21st, the 24th. At the JW Marriott on stunning Marco Island, this has been cast approved.
1: And I got to say, sorry, go to go go. go, go, go. they right along those lines. You know, you're getting to somebody when they volunteer for the treatment. When they get off a call and it didn't go the way they wanted it to, and they come to you and say, "Hey, can you pull that call? Can we can we look at that?" Because I feel like I. have I missed something i'd love to get your feedback on how i can do better there because they know the value of reviewing the calls like an athlete going over game tape you're going to get better if you get somebody else in that call with you and go hmm yeah i see what you mean when they ask that question and you went into defend the rebuttal mode instead of answering the question or you know, validate and redirect, as we say. I find myself saying that phrase, validate and redirect. You know, don't challenge the, the you know, the rebuttal, you know, the, the thing where the, the prospect comes back at you. Don't challenge them. You're going to make them defensive and push them away. Just validate the question, validate whatever their challenge is, and then redirect them to whatever your preferred answer is. Hey, you know what? That's such a great point that you bring up. A lot of folks have been somewhat skeptical of, X, whatever X is. Yeah. A lot of our clients have found that instead of looking at it this way, it's more, maybe more beneficial to instead approach it from Y or whatever it happens to be. But when, when the team member recognizes the value of the training and they themselves say, hey, you know what, we need to listen to that call. That's when you really start to realize that you're, you're getting to people. I, I could not agree more with you, Mike. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. So carry on with your thought.
2: No, all good. Great conversation. Great collaboration. And that's fantastic. And if you have a team member just like that, because back to the uh, the war for marketplace talent is one at the interviewing table, one of the questions, better question, the better the question, the better the results, right? Hmm, we got mm-hmm. commonalities going on here.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. So at the interviewing table, one of the things that I always like to gently bring to the table when they say something that allows me to say that. I might say, you know, James, that's a great point. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that, which, you know, brought a thought to my mind that, you know, I don't have a question for, but James, do you feel you're coachable?
1: No. Me? And no, yes, no, I am coachable.
2: <laughs> you know, during during the interviewing process, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, listen, you're in sales and I'm in sales, right? Yeah. Every waking minute of every single day, personally and professionally. Every
1: day. Every single day, our
2: spouses, our children, other people around us—we're trying to help them understand the better way, right?
1: ABC, always be closing.
2: That's right. That's right. All the time. Exactly. So, uh, with that being said, um, you know we're asking questions. Are you coachable? Uh, I want to hear yes. Or if they say, "What do you? What does that look like? What are you talking about?" I'm letting them know that hey, this industry, first of all, is constantly changing. You know, something's going to change by the top of the hour, whether we like it or not, in this industry. If not sooner than that,
1: yeah.
2: Okay. So, are you comfortable with change? Are you coachable? I mean, let's let's put the reality on the table, because we are a training agency. Part of who we are as an insurance agency business at Riskwell, we are a training organization. We consistently train to get better. Uh, we record calls. We listen to calls together. Only with the desired effect of helping people get better at having conversations about uh, with people about their insurance protection. You know, back to what uh, John Wooden, the iconic UCLA basketball coach, said about change: failure is not fatal, but failure to, failure to change might be. Failure is not fatal, but failure to change might be. So we've got to get comfortable with change. Back to being uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. So back to training, great combo about the recording calls, and I 100% agree. You've got a coachable person. Fabulous, which brought to uh, my mind one more thing that we'll come out of left field with. Yeah. Uh, I've also studied the Nordstrom Company. Your wife's probably familiar with them. I know mine is. is. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I may have to edit out this part so she doesn't get any ideas. But please go on about Nordstrom.
2: No, it's a, it's a business story. Nothing to do. I don't recommend going there and, and investing in well, next thing
1: people. you're going to tell me, it's Tiffany's in that little blue box. It's like, dang it, Mike.
2: Anyway, so uh, by the way, to reiterate, I don't recommend going to Nordstroms to invest money. It's probably overpriced. So anyway, but I did learn from the Nordstrom company because of their client experience platform that they built that people want two things more than sex and money. Praise and recognition. So we've got to move to praise and recognize our team members. So if you had a team member that you're coaching on the recording of the calls, and they are open to be coached, they are open to becoming more, You know, make sure you build in some praise and recognition, whatever that looks like, but you don't want to overdo it either. You don't want to overdo it. Yep. No. And to add something else in from left field, may I? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. One other thing that uh, has been developed over probably in the last five years in a big, big way in the insurance agency business and other businesses that I'm involved in is having a strong set of core values. Yep. Core values are absolutely important for a business, period. Because what those are, if you're able to take your fingers, right, and dig them into your chest- And ripped the chest open of every one of you and every one of your team members, it's who you are internally. Right? It's what you believe, it's what you're willing to fight for. Die for is a little extreme, but you get the gist, right? So it's what you believe, and then you go deep as far as you know, expanding on the true definitions as it relates to your business and the core values. But the thing with core values, back to praise and recognition. We learned in the trenches of the agency business, and it works phenomenally when you do it, especially when you learn to do it well, praise and recognize based on the core values, discipline based on the core values, hire based on the core values in part, and terminate based on the core values. First thing that happened a couple of years ago, first time in my career, we unfortunately terminated two people on the same day. So, but, mm-hmm. you know, p- part of the thinking there was the core values.
1: No, I, I couldn't, uh, couldn't agree more in, in that sense. And at our office, we call it the, the manifesto. And it is a combination of a, a, a longer list of core values. It's more of the character qualities of mm-hmm. the office. Um, Patrick Lencioni talks a lot about uh, making sure that your values Are in alignment with your daily activities. Because if they're not, you lose credibility as a leader uh, and and people. uh, What we say around here at risk, well, we talk about the concept of your say-do ratio. It's like what you say needs to match up with what you do 100% of the time if you want to have maximum credibility. So if your say-do ratio is poor... You know, let's say it's a 0. 0.6 for hypotheticals, but don't actually use numbers. Right. But the idea is your say-do ratio should be 1.0. And when the core values aren't in alignment with the actual behaviors at a, at an organization, it breeds mistrust, it breeds a, a lack of credibility. And over time, in my experience, and I'm sure you have something to say about this, you know, it, it breeds bitterness uh, and resentment and ultimately uh, separation from a team member, where you may not want to fire them. They may not have done anything deserving of termination, but they themselves will voluntarily self select out of your office because they don't feel like it's the best place for them anymore. And a lot of times it's, you know, if you do an exit interview, which most people don't, um, I, I've only had the opportunity to do one exit interview because we've hired 10 people and nine of them are still here. Um, but I would imagine th- most of those people would say I left because I didn't have faith in leadership. I didn't trust that the company was heading in the right direction and I didn't want to be there when the ship started sinking. So I'd love to get your thoughts on, on aligning these core values, uh, the character qualities, a manifesto of sorts, you know, mission, vision, and values, uh, or sorry, vision, mission and values, as we say, the VMV is the acronym around here. Right. Um, so I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Like, how do we go about the process of co-creating or constructing this list of things that are important uh, to the team and make sure that it's actually in alignment with daily behaviors?
2: Boy... Um... I don't think we have enough time left today to go super
1: <laughs> deep that. No, no, no. Just some bullet points maybe.
2: Yeah, bullet points. Well, first of all, uh, what we've learned to do over the years since I went through a mastery program, oh gosh, at least more than 15 years ago, on personality assessments, mm-hmm. motivator assessments, and, and truly trying to pull out of people who they are from a belief standpoint, from a personality standpoint – Uh, And we started doing those and we use an expert uh, in that field to partner with. And so everybody that comes into our organization gets to a certain point in the interviewing process, we do the assessments and it gives us something to look at to make sure they're a good culture fit. Because to your point, it's all about culture. It's, let me repeat that. It is all about culture. We have a culture of training. We have a culture of growth. We have a culture of development. Yep. And so what we did as an organization, we as a leadership team of four people, we had about 20 people on our team, okay? Four people were the leadership team. We developed the core values together, okay? And in developing those, once we got to the core values, and by the way, this exercise did not happen, you know, in an hour sit down. It took time, right? And it takes revisiting and redevelopment as well, once we got to that point, then we brought the team together. We let them know what we had developed and we wanted to make sure they felt positive and that it truly reflected who we are as an organization. Now, because we had all the assessments and the identification of, quote, who these people were through the interviewing process, we had a pretty good idea that we were close to being in alignment. But you know, we let them know this is how it's going to be part of our operational structure. And so what we started doing uh, after we got the sign-off uh, from the team uh, that the core values were in alignment, they were good for who we were as an organization, and then we're going to start putting them out public. It went under our website. Then we started repeating our core values at the beginning of every team function, at the beginning of every team meeting. Then we started having a little contest based on the core values to further ingrain them into our organization. So that's the short answer, but it's culture. Culture, yeah. each strategy, and everything else for breakfast. And if you get a, a, a weak link or something goes sour within the orchard, if you will, unfortunately, sometimes you need to cut it. So mm-hmm. and to your point, you're, you were spot on, James. I mean, no surprise to me. The fact that that day where two people left the same day, one was voluntary, one was involuntary. Okay, That voluntary decided this wasn't the place for them anymore. Our culture uh, had grown to the point they didn't want to be – and that's fine. On we go. Okay? Yep. Back to training for just a minute. So We didn't get too far on that. Have a documented training plan. We've got a documented training plan out of the gate for the first month or so. All boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. These are the things that a person needs to learn and have mastery over, okay? Okay, they're going to watch. They're going to see. And to your point, great minds rare finds, right? See, do, and then our, our third point on that see, do philosophy, see, do, and then teach. They've got to get to the mastery point where they can teach somebody else how to do it and do it the right way, Right? See, do, teach. Okay. We want to bring them to that point. After that, the other thing that I've learned in my development of recruiting people is the fact that the best team members, not the best available, the best team members, not the best available, they want to be able to see a pathway from a vision standpoint, right? To their future. And I love to interject the word career. They want to be able to see a pathway to their future career success mm-hmm. in your agency business. So how yeah. do you do that? So we've developed a goals and expectation sheet for the first year for an apprentice situation. Maybe somebody wants to come in and learn a little bit about the business, but ultimately their goal is to be very proficient and good in sales. Okay? So we've created that. We've, we give them the game plan. We say, James – We've got it laid out for you. We've got it mapped out. We're going to train you. We're going to bring you along. We're going to develop you. We're going to invest in other resources to help you get proficient, skilled, and become a world-class agency professional. Most importantly, and here's the word that a lot of people, in my opinion, should be thinking about that they don't think about enough. I mean, activities and skills are fantastic. But let's get clear. It's about the results. Yep, It's about the results. We're looking for a desired result. So we map yep. it out for them. And, and we just, uh, one of the things that I've really latched onto in the last five years is reverse engineering. So we reverse engineer where they want to be a year from now, maybe where they want to be three years from now. What's it going to take? James, if we're sitting here on 1231 of 2025 and we're having a massive celebration. That we've accomplished everything that we set out to accomplish and more. We're celebrating like nobody's business because we've been able to achieve that. James, what does that look like? Can you describe that for me? Mm. What goals have we hit, right? So once you design what that is and you go, okay, this is what you want to be doing on that day. So let's work backwards and go make it happen for you. Yep. I I hate to say this and I say this with all the love and respect in my heart. It's not rocket science, but the people, most people, back to the 20%. There's a top 20% who will, maybe 80% who won't. You've got to take the action. Two things, a decision and action. I know we're coming up on time. Can I drop one more?
1: Man, this is absolutely fantastic. I'm enjoying this right along with our audience. Uh, You feel free to drop whatever you please.
2: (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to share. I hope it comes through. I love doing this,
1: but oh, it does, my friend. You you are straight class. It's obvious that you've done this many, many, many times, and it comes out very polished. Uh, For those of you, and I have to interject here for just a second. For those of you that are thinking, "Man, this my guy," he's he uses a lot of words, and he comes out with a lot of energy. Is he is he authentic? Is he legitimate? Friends, let me just tell you, this is the product of 35 years of excellence. When you've been doing it at a high level, a very high level for as long as Mike has, it starts to come out more and more and more polished with each passing year. And so you get to the point that Mike's at right now where you can just speak with authority on almost any subject under the sun because you've been operating at such a high level of quality for such a long time. So yes, in case you're wondering, he really is like this almost all the time. In a professional context, I don't have the privilege of knowing Mike personally, uh, but everything I've seen from him has the same level of energy and polish that you're currently experiencing. So, yes, he is in fact the real deal. And, Mike, hit us with whatever closing thoughts you want, and then we'll land the plane and get you back to your, your afternoon, my friend.
2: Uh, actually, every breathing moment would be the answer to that. So, um, or every waking moment, better said.
1: Yes. There you go. And, by, by the way, if you're like this in your sleep, you got some special talents, my friend.
2: no but the thing is i I go so hard at it for you know 19 20 hours Mm, all right 17 18 hours depending on the day i sleep super well and super hard
1: yeah yep.
2: but to point i got to reiterate this you know you say polished thank you for the compliment i'm grateful for it but this is trained it's a trained mentality it's a trained activity level. It's trained every single morning. And, to, and today, I mean, I was up before dawn training my mind and my body. I was out there with my headsets on, similar to yours. I got these Sony headsets, training my mind with the right stuff. I don't. I, one of the greatest things I did, I quit watching the news 10 years ago. One of the best decisions of my life, right? It's a trained mentality. And it never stops, Okay. I'm not going to go deep on this. I, I was also sharing with a group of agents recently, high-performing agents, about this very subject. Accountability breeds responsibility. And so one of the things that I built into my world over nine years ago was an accountability partner. And I strongly recommend it. In fact, I can't recommend it enough. I have an accountability partner and it is a, an absolute key, an absolute key everything that I'm able to accomplish. I show up every Friday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific for 30 minutes. It's 15 minutes each way. I've got this book right here. I mean, this is my book. I've got my daily plan. You know, I've got my accountability sheet for the week. I plan it on Sunday. I send out my rowing in the same direction plan to the team every Sunday as part of my Sunday planning. But I have to, I get to, I don't have to do anything. I get to show up Every Friday morning and report to my accountability partner what happened this week. Mm. And we talk about the wins, we talk about the losses, we talk about the fixes, we talk about the aha's, what we're grateful for, we talk about what we're reading and studying to get better all the time. We talk about our goals and everything else. 15 minutes each way, boom, that's done. We don't miss. No excuses. Last week we were both traveling, we got it done on Sunday. But it doesn't matter. We don't miss. And so, again, thank you for the compliment. You can say polished or whatever. No. We're constantly moving to get better every single minute of every single day. And it's a non-optional behavior. Yep. Non-optional behavior if, if you want to be a high achiever in today's world. And if you don't, that's fine.
1: You know, so, one, no, of, just... one of my favorite things – sorry. No, uh,
2: let me just drop this. Are you going to remember? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. I mean, and no do, no disrespect, if it's not for you, that's fine. Just don't complain to us about it. Yeah. No. And I don't mean to be insensitive but I say that. I say that with all no. the love of my heart. What are you going to say, James?
1: No, you're right on target and setting clear expectations during the interview is such a win for everybody. It it really is. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things, and I, I kind of have the same talking points at, at, at this stage of my career, Because it's worked really well for me. And one of the things that I say in that very first interview is, look, if this is a job, if you are looking for a job, a way to pay your bills, and you're not interested in growth, you're not interested in development, if you don't have goals for yourself, if you don't expect really high performance from yourself, please don't work here. You're going to hate it here. because." The moment you come here, the moment you choose to align your career goals with my business goals, I'm going to treat you like you're going to be here forever. And I tell that to everybody. It's like, the moment you start working here, I'm going to treat you like you're here for the next 35 years. I'm going to develop you. I'm going to start caring for you. I'm going to align your goals with our goals. I'm going to pretend like you're going to be here forever. And if you're ever not here, it's going to come as a surprise to me. Unless your performance dictates that we initiate disciplinary action. And at that point, yeah, I know you're headed for the door. But outside of disciplinary stuff, I expect you to be here forever. And if you're not going to come here with the expectation that you're going to give it your very best effort and work to be the best version of yourself, then just don't come to the second interview. And I'm okay and you're okay and we both move on and I won't remember your name three months from now. Exactly. So having that conversation up front is so respectful mm-hmm. of that person. And, and, you know, it's being authentic to who we are as a company because they're, I mean, I would rather have no hire than a bad hire. I would rather have an open spot on my org chart and be really needing someone rather than a bad hire. Man, there's nothing worse than a bad hire.
2: A hundred percent agree. hundred percent agree.
1: Whew. So the only thing I was going to say about training was circling back to the late Kobe Bryant. Mm. And he, you know, Black Mamba. He uh. was, you know, you may not have liked him, but you couldn't help but respect him. Even among his peers, a group of elite athletes in the NBA, he was feared and respected because why? He was better than almost everybody else by a large margin. But the reason for most of that. Wasn't natural talent. Some of it is natural talent and being six foot eight and 220, and 220 pounds. But most of it was he is one of the, if not the most prolific practice person in modern NBA. I don't know if anybody else has a reputation being a harder, grittier practicing player. He would be at shoot around before practice. He'd be shooting after practice. He'd be there when they turn the lights on. He'd be there when they turn the lights off the guy put more effort into his craft than almost any other player. And all of his peers knew it. Like, you hear these guys on other podcasts. And I listen to, to podcasts more than I listen to the news because I think the authentic communication from other people is a lot more interesting than some pundit somewhere. <laughs> but the guys that played against him, they feared and respected him because they knew he'd put the reps in. He'd shot that elbow fadeaway jumper Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times before he ever stepped into a game, and it's yeah. like,
2: yeah, 100% agree. So,
1: so I mean that that level of it, you know intentionality. I don't expect everybody to be the Kobe Bryant of insurance because let's be honest, there's only one Kobe Bryant, and you know whatever, whenever your best version of you is, that's what you should be. But just putting in the effort and the the intentionality, Mike. Uh-huh. What do you want to end us with?
2: Wow, I got so many things I could say. Um,
1: we just need to have a second interview a few months from now. That's all it is.
2: I, I, I'm in. I'm 100% in. Your, your platform or mine, it does not matter because I was going to tell you the Kobe story that I learned from Kevin Eastman, world champion coach under Doc Rivers uh, in mm-hmm. 2008. And he was with Kobe and he has a great story, but I don't have time today. But I was just uh, studying my pre dawn study this morning. I'm going back through a book, which I, is what I just grabbed. Again, because I need to train my mind with it again, it's called Relentless.
1: Tim Grover. Tim yep.
2: S. Grover. Relentless and the, com- the companion cousin to this is winning, also by Grover, right?
1: For those of you that aren't familiar, he's Michael Jordan's personal trainer for more than 20 years.
2: He also trained Kobe. Yeah. He also trained Dwayne Wade and others. But you know what I heard this morning in my early morning with Relentless. You know why I'm studying relentless, by the way. Why is it again right now? Because I there's an expectation of you know over 200 people that are going to be coming to San Diego about a month from now, and they are expecting to learn at a certain level. If I don't get my mind right, I'm not going to be able to deliver. Yeah. Tim Grover said this morning about Kobe. You know, most of these athletes, when their name gets uh, mentioned at draft. What do they go do that night? The majority of them, they go out and celebrate with their families and and party, right? Do you know what Kobe did that night he got drafted?
1: Probably went to the gym. (laughs) That's exactly what he
2: did. He went to the gym.
1: Yep. That's such a Kobe thing to do. (laughs) Right?
2: And I've also got a quote that I I just came across the other day about Kobe. Kobe missed 14,481 shots, the most ever in NBA history. All on his way to one of the greatest careers in sports. So don't be afraid to miss. Keep shooting, and that's what a cleaner does. And that's Grover talks about being a cleaner. That's what a cleaner does. They're not afraid to miss. They want to Love take it. the shot. So man, here's the bottom line. To as we wrap up today, you're going according to Wayne Gretzky, the great one, another cleaner. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Yep. Nope. So James, take the shot, buddy. And I know you do. And thank you for taking Absolutely. the shot and helping agents via your podcast. Congratulations on your success at risk well. And, uh, you know, I know you feel the same way. Everybody that might be watching or listening, you got this. We believe in you. And it starts with two things, a decision and action. That's all it is, a decision yep. and action. There's going to be wins and there's going to be lessons. Lessons are failures. That you learn from. Nobody died. You're going to be good. We're going to recover and move on. We're going to learn from it. So that's what I got.
1: And that is the perfect way to end. What a powerful episode. He is Mike Stromso, the founder and head coach of the unpro un- whatever unprofitable is. That's not even where I was going. Sorry. I saw the UPP on your shirt. There, it took me off. Uh, well, I'm just going to pretend? Way,
2: it, it's a culture. Yeah. The people that have this, or you know, are behind this. The people that are UPP life, okay, yeah, they have chosen to live that way. Everything that I just talked about, they've chosen to live and and be in pursuit of that. That's what UPP life is. Baby.
1: Yeah, is unstoppable produ- profit producer. Unstoppable profit producer. I'll get it right one of these days, Mike. Good lord, uh, the UPP life. He is living it. And uh, we're going to put all the contact information in the show notes if anybody wants to reach out to you uh, that is uh, where they can find you if they want to register for your boot camp in San Diego it is the uh com. is that right That is correct com. and you can also uh subscribe uh to Mike's podcast the uh golly, I'm just I'm blanking on your it's the UPP's throw me off I'm sorry the unstoppable profit producer podcast
2: it's unstoppable profit podcast
1: podcast okay
2: .com. it's all good it's all good brother <laughs> Goodness, man. you know like, like, oh, every, man. like my friend I my friend,
1: really should not try to be your spokesman and just let you do it yourself you're a lot more uh, familiar with it than I am
2: well like well, like my good friend Fred Kramer says things are good never perfect brother
1: there you go that is another episode of the agency freedom podcast in the books boys and girls make it a great day we will talk to
0: you again real soon y'all take care Thanks for listening to the Agency Freedom Podcast. Please subscribe to AFP on your favorite platform to get automatic updates with every new episode and help other people find us. If you like what you hear, please drop us a review and tell the world what you like best. Most importantly, please share AFP with someone you know who is still in captivity. They'll thank you later. Visit our website at agencyfreedom.com to get access to exclusive content and announcements. Join our community on Facebook by typing in Agency Freedom in the search bar. Send your questions, comments, guest recommendations, and favorite grilling recipes to us at podcast at agencyfreedom.com. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast, where we help insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom. Until next time, let's go.
3: Hey agents, listen to this, listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it, think of it.